Uh-oh. Technology hates us. There, It's bonkers today. It's bonkers. I'm all twisted up in all my cords here. I almost knocked my recording device down. I think I think you're right. I think Mercury must be in retrograde and they just it's so in retrograde that none of the astrology websites were able to tell us. Yes, we just had to feel it for ourselves. <laughs> now you know I'm gonna be checking my recording device like a million times to make sure it's really recording. I'm so scared that oh we just God, jinxed so ourselves. <laughs> Oh no! I'm like gonna stare. I'm not even looking. I'm just staring at it. I know. I'm just staring at. It. I'm like, okay, okay, okay. The red light's on. It's on. I see the numbers moving. I see my uh, voice Me making too. the little thing go okay. up. Okay, and we're solid. We are solid. Ooh. We're. I'm sorry. I put such bad juju out there. Such bad juju. No, it's not your fault because I said it first. So my FaceTime or my Face ID stopped working. Right, because your face has changed so much. My fa- yeah, I my my COVID nineteen that I gained. Uh, has- my God, same. <laughs> I try to not like talk about it, but I was like, <laughs> my sweatpants are getting tight. <laughs> oh, I'm not wearing pants. It's gonna be a real shock the first time I try to put pants on again and realize that there's no pants anymore in my house that work. Oh. Like we're all gonna be rocking athleisure in public. Oh hell yeah. That's like, yeah, all, all I'm doing, I, I put on jeans once since all this started, honestly, mm-hmm. just to see if they still fit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I immediately took them off. I was like, that was a bad idea, Amy. Bad. Well, I, I've been having to wear bras because I've had <sighs> Zoom meetings, you mm-hmm. know, so. That's the worst. But no pants, no pants. You don't gotta, it doesn't matter what you're like from the waist down if you're Zooming. I mean, I wish that were just true in life because oh, honestly, God. I kind of got it going on uh, upstairs, you know? <laughs> same, same. I'm like, basically, like from the chest up, things are going great. <laughs> and you know, that's all you can ask for, really. Uh, uh, <laughs> that's right. I mean, I should, I should say the chest up minus my hair because that's a disaster but you know what what are you talking about your hair is so cute oh gosh it's I gotta like get some good hair dye up in here yeah I ordered some off of Amazon and I have to get two different things because I can't like I gotta like mix it up yeah because you know? you're like a beautiful shade of red and that's mm. hard to maintain you've got to really it work is. on it huh it is and I I tried to just do the gloss last time but it did it, it oh yeah it pretended like it covered my roots but it didn't so. <laughs> that's and okay we're all gonna come out of this super pasty tons mm-hmm. of roots and oh, yeah. with an extra 19 pounds and that's <laughs> Okay, because at least it's happening to all of us. Yes, exactly. (laughs) If anyone comes out of this with amazing hair and like their nails done and looking super fit, then fuck them. Yeah, you know, agreed. Yeah, it's just bullshit. Uh, this is the kind of real, real truth, truth you can expect on Fanchies and Booze, a paranormal podcast with a shot of liquid courage. And I apologize if it sounds like my voice has a lack of enthusiasm. It's not coming from my soul and my spirit. It's just that 
<clears throat> fighting a little cold, not mm-hmm. the corona, just a little cold, a head cold, mm-hmm. you know? And yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm sorry. I'm a little phlegmy, but. My lack of enthusiasm in my voice is because I've completely fucking given up. So <laughs> Amy's got a good excuse. I'm just low-key depressed. And I'm just going to drink about it, I think. I think so, too. And hey, who's to say that I'm not getting sick right now because I'm depressed? It's right? psychosomatic. You know? And who's to say I'm not drinking right now because I'm depressed? Wait a minute. Who's to say? <laughs> anyway, that's <laughs> maybe we need to drink. <laughs> uh, I'd love to. Well, it's kind of fun because as much as we're we should reveal um, what we're doing this week, uh, if if you uh, were on our Instagram, then you already know. That's right. We did a, our very first. Um, Instagram live drawing of uh, which state we're going to research next in our 50 mm-hmm. states of ghosts series. It's so hard to say that it's now. It's so hard <laughs> to say. Uh, I really have to think about it very hard as it's coming out mm-hmm. of my mouth. Yep. I like made such hardcore eye contact with you during that. I'm like 50 you did. states. States uh-huh, of uh-huh. ghosts. Yeah. <laughs> it's like taking little steps. <laughs> Almost well, it was there. funny because when we recorded last time, I was editing it and I was like, man, I just jumped in it. I was like, 50 shades of goats. Like, <laughs> just, just weird. So... Oh, God. Well, I think the drawing went great. It was super fun. I loved um, uh, the the bottle cap system. I think oh, it's yes. wonderful. And it's thrilling. We'll keep it up. So, you know, you guys might have noticed by now we don't do a state every single week. We're kind of right. alternating or skipping here and there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, last week we did Alaska. Yeah. And then prior to that, we did North Dakota, and now we've got Florida. So after, oh shit, I just said it. It's Florida. It's Florida. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we were gonna have to say it at some point. Well, that was a real anticlimactic reveal. <laughs> well, no, it wasn't because it means we get to get to the drinking. Hell so I'm excited about that. Yes. I'm so I'm going first with my story. So what are you drinking, Amy? Okay. And why? Well, I am drinking. This is pretty simple, and I apologize. I just. I, Two reasons. Okay, here's what I'm drinking. I'm drinking a mimosa. It's so cute. It's so cute for three reasons. One, vitamin C, Tammy. Hell yes. Vitamin C. Make your body fight that shit out. That's right. This is fresh squeezed orange juice that I purchased. I didn't squeeze it myself. Um, The second reason is Florida produces (gasps) oranges. That's so right. much citrus in Florida, just like so California. Much. So much. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think there's oranges on the license plates, maybe. Mm. Yeah, there absolutely I had is a, R. I, had I a, don't know what the word is. I had there a beautiful. Is oranges. Yes, there are orange. Are oranges. There is, is a picture of oranges. There are oranges. There <laughs> you go. Oh, Tammy. That was You love it amazing. when I get grammarly. <laughs> I'm so turned on right now. <laughs> And then the third reason I'm drinking this, oh, is because I happen to have a bottle of Prosecco already open from my husband's oh, birthday yesterday. So yeah, I just, that's right. I was like, happy B day, happy B day, baby. So, um, yeah, but you know, I was like, oh, oranges. And then I, I really did think, and this is so embarrassing because I lived there for a while. I was like, <laughs> Florida, the Nick, its nickname is the orange state. 
And that's not true, Tammy. It's the sunshine mm. state. It's Florida sunshine is the sunshine state. state. Um, yeah. But then I thought, oh, our stupid president said that we can inject basically liquid sunshine into our veins right. with bleach. So mm. I'm drinking a cup of bleach-free liquid sunshine. <gasps> I love it. Yes. That's delightful. Well, <laughs> What are you I drinking and why? I can't wait to tell you about my drink. Uh, the ice all melted, but that's okay. I know. Mine's kind of room um, temperature now. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, okay. So I am doing a place that has lots of bars. So I got on their website and found a drink and it was like the first drink I saw. And I was like, oh, I'm doing that. So I straight up did a curbside pickup from the liquor store so I could do this. Yes. Um, so the drink that they were doing is uh, they were having at this place um, trivia night and it was the office themed. And so they made a specialty theme cocktail called the Meredith Palmer because, you know, Meredith Palmer yes. and it's like an Arnold Palmer. So oh it's God. tea. So it uh, it is uh, lemon iced tea and firefly sweet tea vodka. <laughs> oh, my God. God, I'm so Amy, jealous. I'm so I jealous. I have a fucking jug of this shit downstairs now because it Stop only came it. in the like giant like 1.75 liter size, like the Tito's size. Tammy, you know? I'm I know. so jealous. Oh my I God. Know. I drank some last night and it was so good. <laughs> it is so good. Okay. As soon as you said Meredith Palmer, I thought Arnold mm. Palmer. Oh my God. Firefly vodka. Oh my God. I have to order some. <laughs> Which I was like, I didn't even know I could get that here. It's and hard to little- find. My local um, liquor store that I love called Specs, um, their uh, mascot is a bunny rabbit wearing glasses. Uh, Amazing. <laughs> and they have this really cute um, deli inside um, called Mr. G's, and they make great sandwiches, and it's closed right now. It's very depressing. Oh, so. liquor but, and yeah. sandwiches. That sounds perfect. I know. Oh, my God. Okay, well, that makes me think, because I did do a BevMo delivery of, um, last week or two weeks ago yeah. because I had a Zoom with Roz, our um, fantasy yeah, bartender. our bartender. <laughs> yes. Our virtual bartender. Our virtual, that's what I meant, not fantasy, virtual. Virtual bartender, <clears throat> and she, of um, always has her wonderful cocktail. So she taught me how to make a sidecar and <gasps> I, it was so good and I needed Quantro mm-hmm. for it. So I, yep. I did a BevMo delivery of Quantro and I was Quantro? like, Quantro. And then I'm like, well, while they're delivering, I should get a six pack of beer. And also yeah. I should stock up on some of these buy one, get one Prosecco's. And also I some was of this like, almond hey. milk Bailey's. I was like, guys, I have to place an order for from the liquor store. Do you guys need anything? And then it got to the point where they were like, um, why don't you put this on your mom's credit card? <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at this and I haven't drank it. I'm drinking it. Oh, cheers. girl. Cheers. Oh, oh. Cheers. I've already had My two sips. God, I thought you knocked it over. I was really scared. I almost did. Uh, Vitamin oh, C. really good. It's really good. Mm. I made some Lipton iced tea to go inside of it. Lipton. And I'm drinking it out of a little uh, a mason jar. jar. Yeah. Oh, my God. This is the cutest. Oh, God. I miss Firefly Vodka. Oh, it's so good. There's so much of it downstairs. You're so um, lucky. Mm. Come here. Gus Gus just got in the lap. <gasps> oh, here. a little kitty. We have a kitty on the... P- oh, my God. Gussie. Look, it's Amy. Baby. I just want to lay down. Thank you. Uh, Thank you. Gus, I still have some of your hair on my microphone. If you, uh-huh. well, look, 
you have something to say about that? See. Oh my god. Is he purring? Yeah, he's licking the microphone. Oh my god, Gus. He sure is. He's like. If I can get some of this ASMR here. Oh no, he saw you. Uh oh. <gasps> Hi, baby. Hi. I have to remember to actually speak into the microphone. <laughs> I can't just give it over to my cat. Some kitty ASMR. I love it. Our new co-host, Gus. Or mm-hmm. Giuseppe, if, if he's feeling Giuseppe. fancy. Giuseppe. It's a... Giuseppe. I gatto Giuseppe. <laughs> La, uh, il principe Giuseppe. Ah, he's, si, he's my little si. prince. Oh, he is. Oh, sweet boy. Um, All right, buddy, well, I got to record, so if you're going to distract me, you got to go. Florida. Girl, I was excited about this one. Uh, I know you were. It was very exciting. And when we were doing our reveal the other day, like everyone on Instagram was from Florida. So It was insane. <laughs> they, we yeah. had like four people on there that currently live in Florida. It was mm-hmm. like, wow, what do they know that we don't? What is What does Florida have going on? Uh, it's, stop, buddy, you're going to have to go. <laughs> it's like knocking shit off of the table. Um. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot going on in Florida, and there's a lot going on in my lap. So, uh, oh my god! So, yes. I found. Uh, Make sure he's gl- not turning off your recording thing. Oh my god! That he's Mercury in retrograde. Gus, is this all you? Oh my god! There's a conspiracy amongst cats. I'm telling you, they are conspiring to ruin their owners' lives during this quarantine. They really are. Yeah. I mean, he's been pretty good about when I'm on like professional phone calls, but he can tell. He's like, oh, just it's just Aunt Amy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So you want to hear about the thing I did? Yes, uh, I'm so excited. A place okay. with lots of bars, but not Key West, or is? I know, right? Um, I am doing. Um, the Seville Quarter in Pensacola, Florida. Girl, I have to already interrupt you. My sister and her husband lived in Pensacola, Florida for so long. And I used to go and visit them there all the time. And we'd go out drinking. I've totally been there. Oh my God. Well, this place is absolutely amazing. It's called uh, Seville Quarter. It's, um, hold on, I... I pulled this part from Wikipedia. Okay. And then um, the rest of it is from SevilleCorner.com. Amazing. And it's it's kind of disappointing because it's like a, a news article. It was on their like the news section and no one was claiming it. And it was a great article. So oh. sorry. Thanks. The news section of SevilleCorner.com. <laughs> um, okay. So... The Seville Quarter, it's an entertainment complex, is what they call it, in downtown Pensacola. And it's comprised of several rooms, which they each have their own theme. Um, Like there's Rosie O'Grady's, and there's Fast Eddie's, and there's the Palace Oyster Bar. Oh, my God. Mm. Um, There's a bunch of them. And then the rooms are connected by covered brick alleyways. And there's an open-air courtyard. Uh, and it's all decorated largely with like Victorian style, you know, like furniture and stuff like that. So it kind of just seems like I was like, oh, it's like a strip mall for partying. OK, like I'm into that. Basically, you know? yes, it totally is. <laughs> it's wonderful. Um, delightful. So now here's the the article I found. Um, let's see. 
Located in the heart of downtown Pensacola, Seville Quarter has been sitting on Government Street since 1871, when the main building was the Pensacola Cigar and Tobacco Company. Uh, however, the business of this building hasn't always been the most honorable. Mm-mm. Being just a few blocks from the docks, Seville Quarter was a central part of Pensacola's red light district, if you know what we mean. I think um, we do, Tammy. I think <laughs> Oh, I do. <laughs> yeah, they sold red light bulbs. There. Red light yeah. bulbs. Um, that's not funny. Oh, and the connection froze. I'll just say that the connection froze right when I was making a terrible joke. So it seemed oh, like I you missed your laughing, joke. <laughs> I didn't. Just the awful. connection froze, and so I was like, "They sold red Honestly, light bulbs." Did you hear my joke? It was bad too. What did you say? What did you say? I said That's they sold said. red light bulbs. <gasps> That's exactly what I said, Amy. We both made the same <laughs> joke and didn't hear it. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I'm leaving that in. That's uh, amazing. <laughs> I, I literally was like, I said it, and I was like, that was a terrible joke. No wonder she's not laughing. And then I looked, and it was frozen. And I'm like, I made a hilarious joke, and you missed it, Tammy. <laughs> god oh that was great oh god okay red light bulbs yeah red light bulbs always accepted um let's see the second floor may have been used for that purpose you know off the books the red light bulbs uh even until the 1930s um on two separate occasions strange women have been seen by Seville employees on the second floor nothing is known about these women because before any questions can be asked they disappear literally what Mm -hmm. before Nancy Rodriguez started working at Seville she was active in their Mardi Gras crew which I was like oh it's that part of Florida where it's so close that they do like hell yeah they sure do it's I think Mm -hmm. it's like um four hour drive to New Orleans oh that's nice it could be less actually Yeah. yeah yeah it's not bad it's great it's really fun yeah um okay for Nancy, oh yeah, she was active in their crew. Okay, one day she was in the ladies' room on the second floor of Rosie O'Grady's trying on costumes when she felt something. Rodriguez said, I felt the air come on and I felt someone in the room with me. I thought it was one of my crew members coming up and she was right there. She was certainly not anyone Nancy had ever seen before. The lady wore her hair in a chignon, a white puff sleeve dress Mm. and an expression that showed she was just as surprised by the interaction as Nancy was quote both of us were like oh you can see me because I can see you (laughs) (laughs) when Nancy could see her own reflection in the mirror behind the woman that's when she realized the woman had vanished oh my god Mm -hmm. Nancy has yet to see any other ghostly visitors but the same cannot be said of her office the mysterious lady was seen standing by her door in front of the mirror. One afternoon, about four years ago, Seville's graphic designer, Ryan Little, was working late and was alone in the office. Or so she thought. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Um, her desk is across the hall and faces Nancy's office. Suddenly, something caught her eye. She looked over the top of her computer screen and saw something she could hardly believe. A woman wearing a heavy velvet cape in the middle of June. 
But the truly shocking fact was that the light from the window on the other side of the woman seemed to shine through her. Uh. Woman, yeah. The woman was standing in front of Nancy's desk facing Nancy's empty chair. (laughs) Then Nancy says of Ryan, uh, Ryan, she didn't know what to do. So she called me. I told her, tell her to go away. (laughs) She said, go away. And she did. I was gonna. I was just gonna say that actually is really good advice because that's what works. <laughs> uh, I like this part. Being a former Marine, Ryan is not one to scare easily, but this particular visitor was just enough to give her pause. Ooh. The question remains: Why was she waiting at Nancy's desk? Good question. Okay, and last but not least, I kind of liked this too because I was like, look. It's some buildings. Who cares about history? Let's just talk about ghosts. And there was plenty. Um, Last but not least, the most popular and widely seen resident of the Seville Quarter is Wesley. If you've ever been to Rosie O'Grady's, Amy, uh, you may have have seen his picture hanging near the pianos. This young man actually worked at Seville in the 1980s. And was very popular around the quarter. Wesley started out at the door and eventually worked his way up to bartender. But after his very first shift tending bar at Rosie O'Grady's, he went into the cooler to escape the summer heat. Little did he know that the frigid temperature of the cooler would prove to be overwhelming for his heart condition. No! And at 27 years old, Wesley died. Oh my god! Uh huh. Oh, I just got a uh, cold chill. Oh God! Hopefully not too cold. Wesley, um, is that you? <laughs> West? Oh no, your heart condition. <laughs> um, your heart condition is that you love too damn much, Amy. <laughs> I just love Wesley. <laughs> uh, I miss him. Um, everyone at Seville Quarter was devastated by the loss, but it seems they didn't lose him entirely. "Quote: We had a doorman who was." walking from end of the alley, which is one of the bars, and apparently he saw him because he went straight out the front door. The head doorman said, what's wrong? You look like you've seen a ghost. Mm-hmm. He said, I did, and I quit. Oh, and he's shit. never been back. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Though Wesley may scare grown men, Nancy insists he's just mischievous. He, quote, he enjoys being here. That's why he flicks the lights and turns things on and off. He's seen mostly upstairs at Phineas. Uh, that's another one. It's called Phineas Fog. Phineas Fog. Um, These names are amazing. <laughs> which, it's funny because we used to go in London. There's a bunch of uh, like bar, tea house, cocktail bar kind of places uh-huh. um, that are called Mr. Fogs. And uh, and his first name is Phineas, of course. So, oh, um, my God. Apparently. There's several Phineas Fogs running establishments of drinking. <laughs> um, let's see. So, mostly seen at Phineas. Okay. Uh, Pam Rogerson, also a Seville employee, is no stranger to the quarter's most storied resident. Uh, the time she saw him outside her office, she was on the second floor alone one night. At the time, she hadn't heard of Wesley, so seeing the man in a white-collared shirt in the hallway was quite a shock. About a month later, one of the owners was doing a tour for his son's Boy Scout troop, and he told the story of Wesley and showed them the picture, which, I mean, that's not a fun story for Boy Scouts. (laughs) And then he died, and he was only 27. You guys only have a couple years left, you know? Live it up. (laughs) That's so sad. (laughs) 
so he's telling the story to the Boy Scout troop and showing them the picture. Uh, and I, I said, this is the woman telling the story, Pam Rogerson. Uh, I said, Wesley had a white shirt on. Oh, wait, what? Oh, yeah. Wesley had a white shirt on, she said, remembering the moment it all came together. When she saw him again outside her offices, she told him, thanks for checking on me. I'm fine. And he disappeared. Oh, wow. Don't be a uh, don't be a manager at any of these bars, because if you're in your office. Right. You're going to get ghosts. They're always there. Right. Um, she never feels threatened by his presence and actually believes he's protecting her on those nights when she's working late in the empty office. Aww, oh, nice. OK. I like that. Um, employees and customers are not the only ones who've seen paranormal patrons within Seville's walls. Uh, the Tampa ghost hunters have taken pictures at the bar over Rosie's stools, and there are little orbs over each one, like someone sitting on each stool. Whoa. Uh, which I couldn't find that picture. I looked for a while. Um, so if you're looking for a good time or an eerie encounter with the other side of the Pensacola Bay area, be sure to add Seville Quarter to your itinerary. The end. Uh, or um, is it? It never is when there's ghosts around. <laughs> I liked that story. I was like, it's so well written. I'm just going to read it. I loved that. It was yeah. very well written. It's too bad there was no one who claimed credit for that. Yeah. Because I was really finally something that was well written. Oh my God, right? I was so traumatized last time. <laughs> you got so mad. Uh-huh. Oh gosh, that was really fascinating. Especially because... You know, my when my sister lived there, it was she was married, but she they didn't have kids yet, and so we'd party all the time, and it was usually on a fake ID, which was hers because she was of age, and so she would like right. give me one of her old ones, and we yeah, it's like why <laughs> they are, don't let you do that anymore? <laughs> no, they do not. It's like they, it's like we'd go in and like show our IDs, and it would be like you know she, D- Danielle, and then right behind her, someone who looks just like her, also Danielle. Like, <laughs> Born on the Did same you day. stagger your entrances? No, like- we were awful. <laughs> we never staggered it. It was so bad. <laughs> but um, we would go, we, we've been there. And yeah, but you know, I'm like 20 years old, drinking on a fake ID. Just yeah. the only goal was to get shit faced. I would have never thought like I wouldn't be the Amy that I am today, like feeling out yeah. the energy, yeah. checking out the bathrooms to see if there's a ghost. But it is really cool. Well- it's so funny. I remember, like, I never had a fake ID. I did. I started drinking when I was, like, 20 because I just had older people around me. And then I remember turning 21, and I was like, wait, 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 wait. You have to pay for alcohol? Like, this is <laughs> dumb. Why would I go to a bar? I should, like, I was like, give me all the house parties because. I know. It's ridiculous. Well, you know, you got to get people to buy you a drink. Well, I got pretty good at that, to be honest. Although it was all, like, like bouncers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know my girlfriends and I would just try to flirt just with the bartender so Uh that because if you try to flirt with a guy or anyone to buy you a drink, then it's like, do you owe them a dance? Mm -hmm. You know, that sounds like I used to go to nightclubs in the 1800s. <laughs> well, now oh, no. I owe Wesley a dance. Oh no, my! I had to save him a spot on my dance card. Um, <laughs> I yeah, we would straight up. I had a group of three other girlfriends, and we would go out every Thursday. We would go down to Sixth Street, and we'd walk down the street, and like they they cut off street traffic, you know, because it's college night on Thursday night, and the bouncers would be outside, and you know they're trying to get people to come in, and so they'd be like, "Hey, ladies, you've ever been to?" 
Treasure Island? And you're like, no, I never have. Come on in, I'll buy you a drink. And they, you know, it was just the way it worked. Yeah. Like, literally by the end of the year, they'd be like, ever been to Treasure Island? would be like, no, George, we haven't. And they're like, come on in, Tammy. Like, <laughs> buy a drink. I feel like college nightclubs, too, would always be like, Ladies drink free until 4 a.m. And it's like, (laughs) all right. Or like, cool. Ladies. I'll make some decisions. (laughs) Like, buy one shot, get five shots free. It's like, yes, I'm doing it. (laughs) Our favorite, like, our thing that we we, uh, was like a couple of bars downtown we're kind of famous for with, they would do this thing called the Flaming Dr. Pepper, which, because Dr. Pepper is such a Texas drink, they would, you know, put a shot of like bourbon or whatever. And they'd suspend it over the glass and light it on fire and then hit it and it would fall in and you'd drink it. Yum. But man, like three bars burned down. Oh, (laughs) shit. (laughs) You can't do that anymore. And I straight up remember going to one and somebody was like, oh, we'll get you a Flaming Dr. Pepper. I was like, you can't do that anymore. And they were like, this guy does. And I was like, I'm going to stand a little closer to the exit. But yes, I will take it. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. A flaming Dr. Pepper burning down bars. Oh, no. Yeah, it's like, let's get a bunch of drunk people and then let's light alcohol on fire on top of a wooden bar. And then the goal is to knock the fire down. Oh, God. Oh, like. That was like in Miami because I worked at some nightclubs in Miami and that you'd always have it was like in the age of like techno was huge and like house DJs, you know, coming in and people Mm -hmm. just weren't really drinking as much as they were doing drugs. And I hated that because as a bottle server, I needed people to consume alcohol, not Mm -hmm. bottled water. And but that was like like when the bartenders were like those flare bartenders you know and like oh yeah I one night the bartender like put alcohol down the whole fucking bar and lit it all on fire I don't know how <laughs> we're all alive today I'm just like what well not for much longer yeah so not for much longer right. COVID yeah. hi <laughs> um speaking of bars in Florida yeah. I have some Yay. research for you oh good now I get to drink now too. you can drink because I already drink all of my mimosa that's how it works we do yes. we do our trade-offs you either drink early or you drink late exactly exactly well I was really excited um when I was doing research you're just initially doing the Google to see like what haven't I tackled in Florida yet. And I found something um, from the town that I lived at. So I, no way. yeah, it's, um, it's very famous. I mean, well, in our area at least, and it's the house of refuge in Stewart, Florida. And this is so exciting. And I forgot that Micah, friend of the podcast, friend of me, mm-hmm. uh, Mentioned it once that her her stepmom did a tour there and mentioned it was haunted. Yeah, My, I think I remember that. Micah also provided us with great um, story about um, her mom's haunted building in Florida. That's the one I remember. In Stewart. That's what I remember. And that was mm-hmm. in Stewart on the river. And that was a really fucking scary. I think that was just mm-hmm. our haunted apartment building episode. Yeah. Anywho, so I did the House of Refuge in Stewart, Florida, and the sources are South Florida Weekend, The Palm Beach Post, and Backpackerverse.com. So I always knew of the House of Refuge. I've seen it. It's on the beach in in Stewart, and um, the beaches there are just so lovely. And I actually really never knew what House of Refuge meant. I just knew that it could be rented for events and stuff and that there was a bar there. Um, But uh, I learned a lot. So I'm going to share that with you and then go into the ghosty stuff. Okay. 
Over the centuries, many a ship was surprised by a hurricane off the coast of southeast Florida, and the ships would get struck by the hurricane, sink to the bottom of the ocean with all of its precious cargo off of the shore, and that is why this area of Florida is called the Treasure Coast. I did not know that. Lived there, had no idea why we were called the Treasure Coast, so ships would sink and their treasure would wash up. Um, Eleven ships sank in 1715 during a hurricane alone, so... There is a lot of treasure on that coast, girl. Um, So this was like becoming a problem. It's like, wow, lots of ships are sinking. Um, So a life, a U.S. life-saving service was established. And it was actually called that, the U.S. life-saving service. And and it uh, established a string of 10 houses of refuge along the east coast of Florida. So um, they were, uh, they... They got $2,900 for each house. And if you were a keeper of a house of refuge, you were paid 40 bucks a month, which was like a lot of money back Dang. then. $10 bucks a week. That was so much money for them back then. Yeah. And the, the keeper would live on the first floor. And then upstairs, you would have a dormitory, which could sleep up to 24 people. And they were all built like the same. And um, there were 10 of them. And they were all spread out quite a bit so that, you know... If a sailor washed up on shore, they could walk a, like at least 10 miles and probably find a house of refuge for, to be taken oh, in. That's so, nice. Yeah. So this one in Stewart was built in 1876, and it's the only one of the original 10 houses of refuge still standing on Florida's coast. Ooh. So um, when this house of refuge was built in the 1800s, it was 120 miles away from the nearest town, which is like nutsos but I guess the temptation to live there is like you get paid really well if you own it um so Mm -hmm. the keeper and his wife would walk the beach daily looking for sailors if they found who doesn't you know what I mean (laughs) (laughs) well hey there sailor can I buy you a drink it's only 120 miles away If they if they found someone, they would bring um they would bring the sailor back to the house of refuge for food and shelter and water and rest. And then if the sailor was up for it, they could he could then trek to the next house of refuge, which would be about 30 miles away. And then eventually the final house of refuge would lead to a port of some sort so he could jump on another ship and keep going, you know? Yeah. Um, or if he didn't feel like doing all that shit, he could just wait at the house of refuge for another ship to come and pick him up. Um, so this house in Stewart saved 44 lives between 1876 and 1915. At most, they housed 22 sailors after two shipwrecks in the span of 24 hours. Oh Oh my my goodness. Goodness. Um, so the home was de- Mercury was definitely in retrograde for that. Oh, hell yeah. The stars <laughs> were misaligned. And that's probably the only navigational devices they had to use. Yeah, so they exactly. were fucked. <laughs> the stars were the technology. <laughs> <laughs> so the this um, House of Refuge was deactivated in 1945. I'm assuming that has something to do with the w- World War to um, and went through private ownership until Martin County bought it in 1953. Um, the local Seroptimists Club restored it. Tammy, what's a Seroptimist? Amy, and I want you to hit record on this. Okay. I do not know. 
Seraptinist? What does that mean? Seraptinist club. Well, it's popular enough that they had a club. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe it's it people who are in slight amount of pain, but hopeful that they won't be soon. They're sore optimists. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> dad jokes, dad jokes. That's amazing. I freaking love dad jokes. Your Our <laughs> jokes are amazing today. It's just too, too know, good. Right? <laughs> so it's, um, so it's leased to and operated by the Historical Society of Martin County today. Um, so it's available. You can like rent it for event spaces and then they do tours and stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. so in 2004 and I think was I living there? Yeah, I was living there at this time. Um, uh, twin hurricanes, Francis and Jean, um, heavily damaged the historic site. It was closed for two years while it underwent about half a million dollars in repairs. Dang. Dang. Visitors today can take guided tours through the building and learn about its fascinating and haunted Oh, I passed. Oh, my God. Could you imagine if I was like, and that's it. Um, At the end, th- you learned about sailors. You? I'm like, what is this, a Tammy story? <laughs> <laughs> There's, brace yourself, there is some good ghost shit here. <laughs> um, okay, so the most common thing is that when guests are in the house, like doing the tours, they smell the aroma of beef stew coming out of the kitchen, <laughs> which is very That's so specific. specific. <laughs> um, the kitchen has not been operational since the 1940s, um, but they all smell the beef stew. Very weird. Um, apparitions Who have beef been stewed in here. <laughs> It wasn't me. It was that ghost wind. (laughs) (laughs) Bringing it back. Bringing it back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So apparitions have been spotted walking the rocks on the beach and cold spots have been reported in various areas within the building. Supposedly, there's a ghost of an old sailor um, that can be seen sitting on the rocks outside of the house, staring into the sea. Sometimes he wanders the house of refuge. Guests have reported hearing a disembodied voice say, get out. Whoa. Yeah. It, that's the opposite of the house of refuge. You're supposed to get in. That's right, Tammy. Who mm-hmm. does he think he is? It's not his. Rude. He does. Apparently, he doesn't like people wandering around in there, but it's like, well, tough luck, bud. Um, yeah. You got no choice. You're dead. You're not Uh, the boss of me. (laughs) Others have claimed to smell things in the house, um, whether it's beef Mm -hmm. stew, um, Mm -hmm. but they they also smell um, an old tobacco pipe. You know, like Mm. that's such a common thing with ghosts. I feel like you always smell smoking. Mm. Um, Maybe it's a flaming Dr. Pepper. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) There have been reports of cold spots followed by footsteps and even a masked figure appearing. And this is weird. Um, there have been reports of finding slivers of a non-existent mirror on an upstairs bed. Isn't that bizarre? What the fuck? Like there aren't any mirrors upstairs, but there were slivers of a broken mirror on this bed. I mean, you break glass once and you're finding it with your feet years later. So. This is correct. I, it happens to me all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um, so here's where I got confused. Um, it always said that there was um, a place called Gilbert's Bar at the House of Refuge. And I'm like, 
I don't see any information about a bar. Well, it's a sandbar, which for those not familiar, but I know we have a lot of Florida listeners, so they know exactly what a sandbar is. Um, It's basically like the ocean gets deep and then it gets super duper shallow and then it gets deep again because there's just basically a a high rise of sand. So it's really fun. You can go out, you can park your boats out there. And on the plus side, Thursday is still college night. Absolutely. So um, it's basically a reef and it's um, it's named Gilbert's Bar and uh, it's right outside of the House of Refuge and it's named for Don Pedro Gilbert. He was a pirate. Oh. And the rumor is that he hid um, in the St. Lucie Inlet between raids and he was later caught and hung in 1934. So they believe that he haunts the House of Refuge and that perhaps it's him saying, get out. Oh, okay. Dead men tail, no No tails. tails. (laughs) I said tail, no tails. Oh, God. Help me. (laughs) Um. (laughs) I can't. My Texas accent's coming back rapidly. (laughs) I have real trouble with vowels. (laughs) Um, some, um, bu- 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 oh, I already said the, the smell of cooking. Um, and then, um, objects that once belonged to sailors. They have a lot of historic objects in the house for during the tour. Um, they would disappear and then reappear in a matter of moments. It was mm. creepy. So here's a firsthand account from a tourist who took a tour at the museum. Well, at the House mm. of Refuge. Um, he, prior to taking his tour, he had never heard any stories of the paranormal. So he was like going in with innocent virginal ghost eyes. Aw, don't you wish you could go back to that time? Mm, don't you, Tams? That would be for <laughs> me age one. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> So we call we're calling him Aaron because he asked for his name to be changed. So, oh, I, that's perfect because yeah. you know my sweet baby Aaron from Ghost Adventures oh. that always gets locked into things. Yeah, and pushed through windows, and he's just mm-hmm. so skinny. We're just so worried so about him. Um, okay, so Aaron says all I wanted to do was learn more about the sailors who took shelter at at the House of Refuge. I began training for the U.S. Navy. Um, or he was basically set to train for the U.S. Navy in four months. And he said, I wanted to check out um, the last of the House of Refuge while I still had the chance before he went and and joined the Navy. So right. he said the tour was quite enjoyable, meaning he probably gave it five stars on, on um, TripAdvisor. TripAdvisor, absolutely. Um, uh, he said, you know, many sailors were rescued from the Atlantic Ocean and giving a fresh start in this house, which was very inspiring. The only thing that struck me as odd was the kitchen. Beef stew. Mm. I remember feeling random spots of cold air as I walked around the room. Of course, I just assumed it was the hardworking modern AC unit during the moment. (laughs) When the tour ended, I asked if I could go through the rooms one more time. As I entered the kitchen, I caught a whiff of something in the air. Something edible and delicious. Oh, my. (laughs) It was quite strange. I guess ghosts make really good stew. (laughs) But... I went around each counter looking for the source of the smell. When I heard a scuffing noise behind me, I turned and saw the strangest thing I've ever laid eyes on. It was a man, I think it was a man, dressed in a tunic made completely of animal fur. He even wore woven leggings and gloves on his hands. Um, And he had a mask held 
in front of his face. So like this, this entity was holding a mask in front of his face. The mask. What the hell? Yeah. This is like the scariest thing I've ever heard in my life. Yeah. So it's like hot South Florida day and you've got this like caveman looking dude holding a mask in front of his face, dressed in animal fur and tights. No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, so the mask had an exaggerated downturned mouth that almost looked cartoonish. That hmm. which is just like a, so fucking creepy. Like a kabuki mask. Like that's yes. what I keep thinking. Yes. Yeah. That's what I'm picturing as well. I wish there were photos, but this is just coming from his memory. Okay. Um, the mask had a l- normal looking nose, but two simple dots for eyes. And on spokes made of bone, these objects were glued all around the mask. Um, his hands... Fish and sp- wait, what? That might have been me editing really poorly. I'm sorry about so that. So there were bones sticking out, and at the ends of each bones, there were things. There were objects. Yes. See, I I got what you were saying. Oh my god! Thank you so much. Thank you. <laughs> um, it sounds very primal. This creature in this mask. Mm-hmm. Um, he said, "I I was really creeped out, but I figured it was just a museum employee, um, <laughs> who was meant to act as part of the display." <laughs> Aaron. I mean, that's what I would think, too, probably at first. Like, that seems too specific to be a ghost. <laughs> it's like, it is so specific, but it's like, of all the things to have your employees dress in, it's like, not a pirate, not a sailor <laughs> from the 1800s. We're going to have you dress in this. Hey, do you have any questions about beef stew? <laughs> <laughs> Let um, me know. My only question is, why are you dressed as a caveman <laughs> from the Ice Age in South Florida? No idea. Please don't lean on that. <laughs> Does anyone <laughs> smell my fur pellet burning? Uh, am I on fire? Can you check, please? Uh, this mask really makes it hard to see. Um, so, so Aaron is just like, oh, cool, cool. I like that. And then goes to find the tour guide. And he's like, yo, um, what's up with that, that staff member dressed like this dude? And he explained it. And his tour guide said um, that she was the only staff member there. And also she's like, we also don't do that. Um, (laughs) So she went ahead and told Aaron about the Native Americans who used to live on the land some eight centuries prior. And Aaron says, it was in that moment I knew something very strange was going on. Like, that's what it took. That's the moment. That was the moment. It wasn't the fact that you had this cold spot in the kitchen Mm -hmm. and you had to return and then you smelled stew and then you see this man. It was when she told you it was built on Native American property. Mm-hmm. Guess what, Aaron? Spoiler alert. All of America is built on Native mm-hmm. American property. A boom. Um, I didn't want to stick around to find out what it was because I already had a pretty good idea. I didn't necessarily feel like I was in any extreme danger if I stayed, but I didn't feel safe either. And then, Tammy, let me know if you think this is a little far-fetched. Aaron, I'd love to. Aaron says, as I drove out of town on the highway... I swear I could hear war drums and chanting coming from down the road. Um, okay, Aaron. First of all, there is no highway near the House of Refuge. Okay? Oh, this is snap. Coming from a we got some local. local knowledge. Nice try, wise guy. Mm-mm. But also, I'm like, okay, now you're pushing it. Now you're mm-hmm. pushing it. Okay. But anyway... That's- that's the House of Refuge in Stewart, oh, Florida. I love that. Yeah, and I'm going to post some pictures from it and whatnot. And Micah is asking her stepmom if she experienced anything during her tour. And she'll get back to us. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. That's so cool. Florida well, is so haunted. I love it. 
Speaking of very cool and Florida, yes. we have a fresh, hot off the presses, up ghost and personal from our listener, Carter, who previously sent us a story about their sister in the hospital. Yes. Which was just I amazing. loved that one. It was so sweet. And um, so they wrote this up for us, and it's uh, so well written. Uh, and I'm just going to read it. And okay. also, you're going to wish you still had to drink. Okay, oh, great. no. Oh, my God. Let me get. I'm excited because I haven't read this one. Yeah. Okay. This also happened while Carter was living in Florida, but it seems site nonspecific. But okay, I'll take it. I'll take it, <laughs> Carter. Thank you, Carter. Okay. Woo-hoo. The subject line was grab the whiskey. This one's scary. Oh, my God. My whiskey's <laughs> not in, in arm's reach. You're in trouble. Uh, all right. Here we go. Okay. All right, y'all. This is the scary one. It's also the weird one. I'll be upfront. This story demands the belief in a lot more than ghosts, and many people could easily dismiss it as flights of fancy by an overactive imagination, but I swear that I truly experienced every detail of it. There are two parts to this story. The first is about the first time in my life that I experienced real magic. The second is about the time I met a demon. Mm. It started over two decades ago when I was a very young child, around four or five years old. One evening, my sister and I were outside playing. My sister's only three years older than me, and being homeschooled, we spent a lot of time playing together. It was normal for us to play games of pretend, but at that stage in our developmental process, it was mostly copying and playing out stories from our favorite books and movies. Mm. This night was different. I'm sure you can imagine that, being as young as I was, some of the details, like who or what started the, quote, game, are fuzzy at best. But this is what I remember. It was almost fully dark, which was unusually late for us to still be playing outside, and we had been mostly playing in the driveway with the garage door open. But as the sun went down, our game shifted. Somehow, the game turned into one where we had to stay inside the garage. We couldn't cross the threshold of the garage door because outside was something evil. We were safe for now, as long as we stayed inside the garage, but there was something bad outside, and we needed to protect ourselves from it. I say game, despite the quotation marks, because it's really how we treated it at the time. It was like a puzzle. There was something bad out there, and we had to figure out how to keep it away, how to protect ourselves from it. At the time, I remember being fully immersed in it, spooked in a fun way, but very determined to beat whatever the bad thing was. Sure enough, we soon picked the key to our puzzle, the magic talisman that would send away the evil that was outside and keep us safe. It was a scrap of wood, absolutely ordinary in every way, at least before that night. My mom did a lot of carpentry when I was younger. That's very cool. So cool. Um, So there were tons of scraps of wood in all shapes and sizes filling up our garage. But for whatever reason, my sister and I latched onto this particular one. It was a triangle, probably a corner cut off of one of my mom's projects, about three or four inches on the longest side and made out of a basic bitch cheap plywood. (laughs) But something happened that night to transform it. Not physically. I'm not claiming anything that dramatic. But... Uh, It always looked simple, plain, like a basic-ass scrap of plywood. But despite appearances, that piece of wood was the most powerful protective charm I have ever seen. Maybe it was the conviction of childish fantasy, or maybe something else entirely unexplainable. But that night, my sister and I wedged that scrap of wood into the siding on our house, square over the top of our garage door. And our problem was solved. We'd won the game. Our house was safe because whatever evil things were out there in the night wouldn't be able to pass our magic talisman. Satisfied, we went inside to bed, I assume. (laughs) The thing is, my sister and I had never played a game even remotely like that before, and we never did again after that night. 
I don't know how to explain my conviction on this matter, except to say the very notion of us playing a game like this is totally bizarre and that there are no, there's no other explanation. Something about it had to have been real. Honestly, I don't think my sister remembers that night. In fact, there always seemed to be something weird about that piece of wood that everyone except for me had a hard time remembering or even noticing it. The triangle stayed right where we'd put it, prominently displayed, dead center over our garage door on the front of our house for almost 10 years. And yet my parents never seemed to notice it. I mean, if they had, they definitely would have taken it down. Even on the few occasions that I remember saying something about it or pointing it out to someone, they seemed confused. I'd casually mention the piece of wood stuck to the outside of our house, and my parents would get this baffled expression, like they were trying to envision the spot over our garage door and couldn't. One time, the triangle even fell down. I found it on the ground outside the garage, and I was struck by an inexplicable horror and a compulsion to put it back over the garage door immediately. Honestly, I think until that moment, I'd almost forgotten about it. So I picked it up, got out the ladder, and put it back. All the while, my mom was right there in the garage working. She could plainly see me, except that somehow she didn't see me. Because if she had, she definitely would have yelled at me for putting some random-ass piece of wood on her house and made me take it down. <laughs> Years later, when I was around 13 or 14, by this point an actively practicing witch who fully believed in all things magical and paranormal, Ooh, hey, weren't we all Hi, at friend. age 13, uh, <laughs> um, the triangle fell off the house again. Unfortunately, I wasn't there to see it fall this time, but I felt it. When I got home that night, I rushed outside to find it and put it back. Initially, I couldn't find it. I searched for it frantically, and when I couldn't find it, I resorted to asking my family. That's when I really started to understand how important it was and how weird it was that no one else in my family was aware of it. My parents and sister were baffled. They insisted uh, that they'd never seen a piece of wood over our garage door, let alone knew what had happened to it. Only my brother, who would have been eight or nine at the time, seemed vaguely aware. Thank fuck I found it. Wow. I'm pretty sure it had fallen, and one of my parents had picked it up and chucked it with the rest of the scrap wood, thinking nothing of it and immediately forgetting about it. Regardless, I managed to rescue it. By this point, I was fully aware of the power of that innocuous wooden triangle, and I was terrified of losing it for good. I made my family aware of it, so maybe I was worried that now my parents would notice it and take it down again. Or maybe some part of me sensed that it hadn't simply fallen down on its own. Whatever the reason, I no longer trusted it on the outside of the house. So I brought it inside, set it over the door to my bedroom, going so far as to secure it with tape to make sure it would stay put. Initially, I felt a little selfish, uh, but after some meditation, I determined the charm was powerful enough to protect the whole house as long as it stayed in place over my doorway. So that's where it stayed. Through middle school and high school, and even when we moved to a new house right after I graduated, the triangle was the last thing I packed and the first thing I put up in the new house. Once again, I placed it right over my door. Of course, by that point, it wasn't my only charm. I had an impressive collection of crystals and other magical paraphernalia. And to emphasize just how much of a paranoid witch I am, I mixed holy water into some of the primer we were using and painted several protective charms and symbols on my new bedroom walls before we put their coat of color on. But that triangle was the best. I couldn't explain the power in it, but it was I was always keenly aware of it. Uh, even if no one else seemed to be able to see it, which means I knew when it disappeared. And this time, I mean disappeared. I just got home from class one day, and it was gone. Now, in the new house, my brother and I ruled upstairs. It's just our two bedrooms and a bathroom. Hi, shout out to people who rule their upstairs. Uh, <laughs> in their parents' house. Um, <laughs> my sister moved out, and my parents never came upstairs unless they absolutely had to same um but of course frantic for my lost charm i asked all of them if they'd seen it or taken it 
Again, my parents were baffled. They had absolutely no idea what I was talking about and no recollection of the wooden triangle that lived in our house for, by that point, almost 15 years. My brother, for some reason, was the only other person who was aware of it, though only vaguely. He could remember it used to be over my door and see that it wasn't there, but he swore up and down that he hadn't taken it, had no idea what had happened to it. No one else had been in our house, let alone upstairs and anywhere near my room. To this day, I can't even wildly speculate an explanation except that it simply vanished. I know in my heart of hearts, or I knew in my heart of hearts it was gone, but I tore apart the house looking for it anyway. No luck. I was upset at having lost something that was so precious to me and a little scared, but I reassured myself that even if nothing else I had was as powerful as this piece of wood, I had done a good job of protecting myself. I had plenty of other charms, wards, uh, and it wasn't like I'd actually encountered anything dangerous anyway. All my precautions were that to help ease my parano nor paranoia. For a while, this, Carter, I'm murdering your story, and I'm sorry. I drank a lot. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's great. Um, for a while, that was true. At first, nothing changed. At night, I slept just as easily and comfortably as I always had. And by day, I only had the perfectly natural demons of depression and anxiety to fight. Once mm -hmm. again, shout out. Mm -hmm. um, but I told you at the beginning, the second part of the story was about, so here we go, the most terrifying night of my life. Oh, God. <sighs> Hold on. I'm sweating. I'm like still I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm it's processing the magical piece of wood. And now we have to go into this. Okay. All I right, know. I'm holding a crystal right now. Oh, my God. I she don't is. even know what it is. It looks like a honeycomb. I love it. I'm holding my own protective charm. It is my drink. Okay. <laughs> um, it had been maybe a week or so since the triangle disappeared, recent enough that I was still mourning its loss, but long enough that I'd begun to feel truly safe despite its absence. Out of nowhere in the dead of night, I woke up and I knew there was something evil in my room. Mm. I couldn't see it. I keep my room pretty much pitch black when I sleep, and I didn't really have the courage to try and look anyway, but I knew it was there. I knew exactly where it was, almost like I could see it without looking. It was hovering near the ceiling just in front of my window like a formless haze of the purest black. Ah. I've never felt anything like that before, and thank every fucking god and goddess there is, I have never felt it again since. But that thing, it was pure fucking evil. I could feel it hovering there by my window. I knew it was aware of me and that uh, it knew I was aware of it. To be clear, this was absolutely not sleep paralysis. I was capable of moving. Um, I was certain of that and proved it with subtle toe and finger wiggling. I was just too scared to move, which I have to say seems reasonable when a literal fucking demon is staring at you. Oh, my God. But the thing is, as terrifying as it was, I knew it wasn't there looking for me. Um, there's a prince my mouth. There's a principle in feng shui, which I'm not an expert in, um, but according to this feng shui principle, you shouldn't have doors and windows that line up. Apparently, if two doors, windows, a door, you know, face each other, it makes it harder to keep the positive or good energy in the house and leaves the house vulnerable to bad or negative energy. Apparently, the people who built my house didn't fucking know that. If you look, there's a perfect line from the window in my brother's room to his door to my door to the window in my room. Just a pure, clean line of doors and windows facing each other all the way from the back of the house to the front. So if you believe in that feng shui, it's like a goddamn superhighway of bad energy passing through our house, which maybe explains what happened that night between me and the demon because as terrified as I was I had the distinct sense that the demon was just passing through I wasn't kidding about the super highway of energy in that moment I could feel it like an extra dimensional path through our house that the demon was just moving along minding its own business the only reason it stopped is because I woke up and became aware of it 
It felt like an eternity while the thing and I hung in limbo. I could feel it staring at me, watching me. While I couldn't quite look at it, I knew exactly where it was and would have sensed any movement from it. The adrenaline was roaring in my body, every single muscle tense and ready to jump for my bottle of holy water, even though I had very little actual hope that I could get to it in time if the demon decided to stay. But that was the thing. That's what I was waiting for because the demon was deciding. While I could feel it staring at me, it felt in a weird way almost curious. Like how someone might be walking down the street and see a beetle and stop to look at it for a minute, trying to decide whether to play with it or squish it or just leave it alone. And that's what I was to it, a beetle. And that's what I was deciding, whether it wanted to hurt me or continue on to whatever it had been going to before I distracted it. I'm still here to tell the tale. And hey, I said that right. (laughs) So so the story sort of spoils its own ending. Eventually, the demon decided to move on. It just left. Uh, I guess it had somewhere to be or maybe I just wasn't interesting enough. (laughs) No, maybe my charms and prayers were enough. Whatever the reason, the the demon simply continued on its way out through my window. And if it ever passed again, thank fucking Christ, I don't know about it. Because I don't think my heart could take another showdown like that. (laughs) I know this is a long and absolutely wild story with a sort of anticlimactic ending. Not that I'm complaining. Call me crazy if you want. But the charm that had protected me for so long, the charm my sister and I unknowingly created during the one inexplicable night of my childhood when we decided to fight evil away, literally vanished. And barely a week later, a demon passed through the doorway that the charm was no longer protecting. There's no way that's a coincidence. I can't explain it. And part of me doesn't want to. I guess that's the magic. Happy drinking, ladies. <laughs> yeah, now we will. Carter, thanks a lot. <laughs> Holy I'm so stressed out. Shit, Carter. Well, first of all, Tammy, you're so brave for that was like a 12 minute story, and you did. I read it last night. Incredibly too, and I was scared. well. <laughs> oh my god, this is insane. And I didn't realize that they were going to tie into each other. I thought they were two separate stories, like magic and something terrifying. Mm -hmm. And now now it's totally connected. I believe it completely. Like, yeah, there's a lot of magic in in objects. It's just finding it or creating it. And it sounds like making it. Yeah. Carter is very powerful, very, very powerful with, with energy and witchcraftery and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I realized as you're telling me this about the feng shui and I follow feng shui lightly, but there's a lot I don't know about it. Yeah. And I'm literally sitting in my office with a window to my right and a door to my left. They are completely in line with each other. But I think it doesn't, it's not as bad if it if it doesn't go like then from that door to the door to your fr- to right. the outside. It does not do that. No. Yeah. But I do have the door shut, so maybe that helps. And mm. also, I do cl- like I just cleansed the room a few days ago with I saged oh, and let that energy out if there was any bad juju. So hopefully, yeah. I'm doing the best I can. But that's something to think about for the next place we live. <laughs> Carter, thank you. That was amazing. I'm I'm almost speechless. Like there's we're so much so happened lucky. in that story. Yeah. That is crazy. Wow. Wowie. Wow. 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 I want to paint also, my walls with holy water. That's brilliant. I know, right? Well, I I remember I painted a wall in my old apartment and I like Palo Santoed it before I did it. I was That's like genius. Like yeah, putting a coat of primary paints mixed with holy water and then painting the the colors mm-hmm. over it is 
with symbols too. So, with symbols. They did symbols. Yeah. Holy crap, Carter! That's I did so that cool. Kind of one time in the sense that uh, I was moving into a condo with my roommate in college, and we ordered pizza and we were painting the walls and I painted the word pizza really big so that when I opened the door to get the pizza, the guy would have to see that I painted pizza on the wall. Oh my God. And my roommate chickened out and ran away. Like (laughs) (laughs) it was great. Uh, Carter's an amazing writer uh, and could easily write for television or movies or anything else that we're binging right now. God damn. I I couldn't even get through my transition before I complimented myself. I didn't even catch on. I was like, yeah. Oh, right, 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 right. That was such a good transition, Tams. Um, Thank you. Well, initially I was like, oh, what am I binging? And I thought of it. We just binge a full series I don't recommend binging it because it's a lot but we're doing a trial on Showtime so we're trying to get all the shows in before it expires Mm -hmm. because we probably won't renew it but um we binged a show called Couples Therapy and literally all it is is cameras recording with permission this this couples therapist her sessions and it follows four couples through the entire series and you're just it's almost just like you're sitting in their sessions with them it's real it's real and you didn't die watching it well we had to cleanse after two episodes each night with Schitt's Creek because it's (laughs) So triggering. And yeah. you and I, as, as women who have been divorced and didn't make it out, <laughs> you, have, mm-hmm. you know, couples therapy didn't save us. Thank God, because I didn't want to stay with my ex. So I was yeah. like, yeah. but it was just, it was really, really interesting to see some couples that were just like, in my opinion, I was like, just get the fuck out of there. Where are you staying? And, but mm-hmm. they like worked through it and some of them didn't, some of them didn't make it, but it was wow. fascinating. And also so angering like there's one dude who was just that he had that like um narcissistic kind of a sociopath like thought he was god Mm -hmm. and was just so belittling and demeaning to his wife and then she would always just like laugh at but like "Ah, ah, stop you're driving me crazy and then like but she enabled him completely he was a sex addict like it was really frustrating yeah don't watch it don't (laughs) I'm not gonna watch watch it (laughs) I wanted to throw my shoe through the television set a million times but yet we couldn't stop watching there Mm -hmm. was um really interesting dynamic with a a a couple of uh oh two women but one was was a transgendered woman and so going through like they had come out of previous marriages to men and now they were together as women and it was a really they were trying for a baby and it just like just the wow. stuff people go through to make their lives together work is is very powerful, but then also it was very triggering at the same time. Oof. So that's what we binge. It's not so a binge be, series. It's not yeah, a binge a series. Good, good mental state for that. Being a good um, good mental state. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, I was inspired by my own drink, uh, and I am recommending people binge The Office. Um, oh totally we've yes ithamar's been binging it lately and i've been walking in my parents uh watch it they you know they work from they have worked from home for a while now and so they always like most lunch breaks they sit down and watch two episodes and so i've been kind of going down and watching which i've seen the office before but they haven't so oh my god um, it's their first time watching that's amazing do they love it yeah they love it. it they're actually like they've been doing this for a while so they're they're close to the end nice um, 
Uh, so it's been kind of nice because I'll like pop down there and be like, oh, this one, you know, <laughs> so. It's so good. Ithamar's been rewatching it because a book just came out, like um, chronicling the, mm-hmm. the 10 years or nine years of The yeah. Office. And he is makes a brief appearance on one episode himself. I remember that. <laughs> yeah, he's a paramedic. <laughs> and um, uh, so he's been, whenever they discuss a specific episode in the book, he's been watching that episode. Right. And um, so I've been kind of by fault, default watching some of it too. And I, I forgot how fucking good it is. So funny. It's, and it's like so good. Remember when we got to go to offices and, and we hated it. So we made a show called The Office about how dumb offices were. And now don't we just wish we could all go back to offices? And now we're oh all God. working from home and we're like god uh-huh. damn it I just want to go back to the office <laughs> it's like you find that shit charming now when it used to I be know. cringy I know I'm like look at all of them in a conference room together isn't that sweet uh-huh. oh they're, they're having wow. cake for a birthday they're celebrating yeah they're all touching cake <laughs> like <laughs> that's a good one that's a really fun one to watch during times like this because it's lighthearted yeah. and fun and just mm-hmm. love Michael Scott yeah <gasps> that was great um I'm- exhausted me too we still have another one to record I know I mean I'm great it'll be fine no but we're (laughs) exhausted I mean quarantine's exhausting Tams it is um well guys thank you so much again to Carter for for this amazing these amazing stories Mm -hmm. and um uh Carter is uh on Instagram is Jemima Jemima Moonlight I believe Mm -hmm. yeah um if you want to give them a follow or check them out and then Mm -hmm. um thanks for everyone who tuned into our Instagram live feed where we selected the state of Florida we're going to try to make that a regular thing so stay tuned Mm -hmm. um check out our Instagram page when we announce when we'll go live again maybe it'll be your state who knows and that page would be on Instagram banshees and booze and you can find us on Twitter at banshees Mm. and if you've got a great story like carter or if you've got one half as good or a third of as good because my god that was great please send it to us you can find us on our website at uh or just email it to us like carter did up ghost and personal at gmail.com and you can also slide into our dms as well um oh, yeah. if you're not a writer you can always record your story um mm-hmm. and send it to us as well and yep. uh please rate review and subscribe wherever you download your podcasts and uh-huh. and yeah hey amy oh what a face hey amy yes tammy if you see a ghost uh grab your pellet of fur wrap yourself in it <laughs> and eat some beef stew <laughs> We're all treating it like an Arctic winter right now. It really, truly is. We're all hibernating. It's very true. Uh, Hey, Tammy. Yes, Amy. If you see a ghost. Uh, Get a bouncer to buy you a drink at the sandbar. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Oh, God. Oh, that was good. Mm. Thank you. Sandbars, beaches. Oh, God. Oh, God. All right, let's get another drink and record another episode, my friend. Yes, (laughs) ma'am. Bye, Bye, guys. guys.